Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there, who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touch me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter John and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Evening, everyone. Uh, No sermon slides tonight, so uh, keep your Bibles open or keep the booklet open in front of you so you can follow along the story. Uh, I'm going to pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for this story for how Jesus responded to these people in desperate need. And we pray that you use this different format tonight uh, to help us engage with it in a fresh way, to appreciate, to marvel at how wonderful our King is that you've given us. We thank you so much for him. Amen. I, I was desperate. My, my little girl, my Talitha, my daughter, she was so sick. Twelve years old, I know, almost a woman, but still for me, just my, my little girl. It, it was getting worse and, and worse. And then she wasn't just sick anymore, then she was dying. And I was desperate. She wasn't going to make it through another night. But how could I accept that? I, I had to do something 
And then I heard that the teacher, Jesus, had returned to our shores. I didn't know Jesus personally. I just knew of him by reputation. And that reputation was mixed. Some people said he was a carpenter. Others maintained that he was a rabbi. Some people swore he was a prophet. Other people insisted that he was a fraud. But some people at least were sure he could heal. And so when I heard that he was here, I ran out of the house, through the streets, all the way to the shore, where Jesus stood by a fishing boat. He hadn't made it far because there was like a crowd around him already. And so I started to shove and push and force my, force my way through. People didn't like that, but I'm a leader of the synagogue. And so when they realized it was me, they, they made way. I knew I was behaving poorly, but it was hard to care. I got to the front of the crowd and I just, dignity be damned, I just, I just fell at his feet. I fell at the feet of this stranger and I just started pouring out all my fear, all my need and I pleaded with him to please come with me and heal my daughter. And I'm sure I was just babbling. But he agreed. And he was calm. And as I looked up at him for a moment, I was calm too. So we started to walk to my house. But I wasn't the only one that had heard. Jesus had arrived and the crowd was getting bigger and bigger and thicker and thicker. It was harder and harder to go anywhere. We, we persevered for a few minutes. But then Jesus stopped. Who touched me? He asked. Everyone shrugged. And one of his disciples said, Master, the people are crowding around and pressing against you. They were as confused as I was by this delay. But Jesus insisted that someone had touched him and that power had gone out from him. So we stood there. And waited. And waited. And I just wanted to scream, Jesus, let's go. But then this woman came out of the crowd. She came forward trembling. And she too fell at Jesus' feet. She told him how she'd been suffering from ongoing menstrual bleeding for 12 years. She'd been sick and ritually unclean. She'd been an outcast for 12 years. She wasn't supposed to touch anyone when she's ritually unclean, but she knew, she knew if she just could touch his cloak, then she could be healed. So she did. And she was. And she kept babbling at his feet, much like I had just a few minutes earlier, but I have to confess I was barely listening. All I could think about was how time was slipping away and I just wanted her to stop talking so we could go. But Jesus listened, and he was calm. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. 
Finally, I thought, I turned from her. I turned to go back the way towards my house. But now there was a, a gap in the crowd. And my friend stood there. My friend that I'd left at my house. And I knew why he was there. And with all of my want, I just wanted him to not be there and not to speak. But he spoke. Your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And I, I can't talk about how I felt in that moment. I can't. But then Jesus spoke. He spoke to me. He spoke into me. Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. And Jesus kept on walking. When before I could have outran a deer, now my legs were like stone. Those last few minutes, that was the longest walk of my life. My faith was no more than a strand of spider silk, but he used it to bind me to him. And it was enough. I heard the cries before I could even see my house. My family, my friends, my neighbors pouring out grief while I was still frozen in fear and dread and, and tiny, impossible hope. In my silence, Jesus took charge. He left most of his disciples outside and sent everyone else out too. And he told everyone to stop wailing because my daughter wasn't dead. She was just asleep. And some laughed at him. I don't, I don't judge them for that. What Jesus said was absurd and we were all past breaking point by then. But that laughter cut more than the wailing ever had. But Jesus took my wife and I inside to my daughter's bed, to her body. And he took her by the hand and he said, my child... Get up. And she stood up. She breathed. She lived. She looked at us. She smiled. She lived. Jesus told us to give her something to eat. So we, she, we did. And she lived. She lives. It's been a few days now. At first I was just astonished, then I was joyful, then I was thankful, and, and now I guess I'm still all of these things, but now I'm becoming thoughtful as well. I keep thinking about that day. It's been running over and over again in my head. I remember my despair by her bedside. I remember running through the streets. I remember falling at Jesus' feet. I remember finally getting home, seeing him take her hand, seeing her stand up. I'm ashamed to admit, but it took a while before I remembered the woman in the crowd. The woman Jesus stopped for. The woman that I just wanted to disappear so that we could keep walking. 
but I've been thinking about her a lot today. At first, I thought about all that we had in common. My daughter, 12 years old and on the verge of womanhood. This woman, sick for 12 years and unable to have children. In our culture, the woman was unclean because of her bleeding and my daughter's dead body was unclean too. Jesus should have been reluctant to touch them both. Both of us were absolutely desperate. Both of us fell at Jesus' feet. Both of us found our impossible hopes weren't too impossible for him. But then I I started to think not just about what we had in common, but what we don't have in common. I forced my way to the front of the crowd, knowing that as a synagogue leader, I could get away with it. But she had to sneak up and touch him in the hope that none of us would notice. I doubted Jesus really had the power to do what I asked. But she knew he had the power. She just doubted that he would be willing to help someone like her. So many people grieved and wailed when my daughter died. But no one was grieving with this woman. I went to Jesus on my daughter's behalf, but no one went on behalf of this woman. Where was her father? Where were her brothers, her uncles, her cousins, her friends? Why was there no one advocating on her behalf? And then it hit me. He called her daughter. He called her daughter. Daughter, he said, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And as I'm thinking more about it, I'm I'm starting to understand. He didn't just see her. He saw all of her. All of her need. Not just her bleeding. He, He saw how lonely and isolated she must have been. She didn't just need physical healing. She needed relationship. She needed love. She needed family. That's why he stopped. Even though I was in such a hurry, even though she wanted to remain anonymous, he stopped. He made her come forward because he wanted to give her more than just an end to her illness. He wanted to do immeasurably more for her than she could ask or imagine. He wanted to invite her into his family. My daughter is still going to die one day, just like I am. But I'm starting to think that if I'm with Jesus, if my sometimes spider silk faith still ties me to him, then that death will be nothing to fear either. I think the one who can meet my impossible hope in this life is the one who gives me hope in the next life too. But in the meantime, I don't ever again want to be a person that sees other people's need as an inconvenience. I want to be a person that sees those no one else sees. I want to be a person that stands up for those no one else stands up for. 
I want to be a disciple that loves like no one else loves. No one except Jesus. I want to follow him and be like him. There's going to be some fallout at the synagogue. That day by the shore, I was very public and very undignified in giving my allegiance to him. But it's hard to feel too worried about that right now. My daughter is worth it. And I think, I think he might be worth it too. A man whose power is only matched by his compassion, that's my king. This is Psalm 9. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing the praises of the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers. He does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Bend Hills 6pm Congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmatts.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.